0: Welcome to Launch Chat, where we answer your startup questions every single day. I'm your host, Jay Care, founder of LaunchPeer. And today's question, we're gonna be talking about accelerators and incubators. I don't think it's a topic we've covered at all, really, on the podcast. So we're sixty episodes, almost 60 episodes in, so I'm kind of surprised that this is the first time we're being asked about it. But yeah, so today's question is from Simon. And really, what we're gonna be focusing on with accelerators and incubators is, when is it too early to apply? When you sh- When should you be applying? What kind of outside assistance should you be looking for when you do try to apply to an Incubator and Accelerator? So we're going to try to dive deep for about 10 minutes about Accelerators and Incubators and try to give Simon some really good advice on when he should be starting to apply to some of these Accelerator Incubator programs and specific ones that he talks about too. Today's question comes from Simon in New York City. He writes in, I recently co-founded a startup. Our goal has been to build a good MVP, push out a beta, and then raise seed capital. We have been passively applying to early stage incubator and accelerator programs and we were planning on aggressively applying and pursuing those once the MVP was complete. But after reading a lot of helpful articles, I have seen many cases of moderately successful startups being rejected because they were, quote, too early for outside assistance. These are startups with revenue and sometimes even full-time employees. As a startup with just an MVP, is it a waste of time for us to focus on obtaining outside assistance? Hey, Simon. So thanks for your question. I don't really ever think it's too early to apply to an accelerator or incubator. I really just think it depends on which ones you're applying to. The ones that you mentioned are really high, like really good accelerator programs. I mean, and when you're looking at Y Combinator or 500 Startups or some of the top five accelerator programs, you're really looking at Ones that can be very, very strict about the requirements that you need to meet in order to get into those ones. But there's a lot of other accelerator programs too. So I'm going to kind of break this down into a couple tiers. I'm going to use an analogy here that's not, maybe not that popular, but you know, whatever. Um, So uh, when you're looking at accelerator programs, it's kind of like looking at, what college you should go to. So you have like the top tier colleges that everyone in the country has heard of. Mostly people refer to those as Ivy league schools, like Stanford, Harvard, you know, some of those others like that everyone around the world knows. And when you say the name, it just brings instant credibility. No matter who you are, you've heard of those schools before. It's kind of the same thing with accelerator programs. When somebody hears the word, Y Combinator, or when they hear 500 Startups, those are the two big ones. It comes with instant credibility for your startup. I know there's a few others out there, just like there's a few other Ivy League schools. But when you mention the names of those accelerator programs, it automatically boosts your startup with everyone. The startup community, other entrepreneurs with investors, especially with investors, with potential customers. It just gives you something that other startups don't have, which is why you see... Y Combinator startups and 500 startup companies, even though if you look at the companies that are going through those, you might have companies that you know that are doing or building exactly the same thing, but they're a lot more successful when they're in Y Combinator and 500 startups. I think part of that is because of the really strict application process they have. But I think a lot of that is really because of the network that those accelerators and incubator programs have. So... For any of you who are trying to apply to those accelerator and incubator programs, if you don't get into those top tier ones, don't worry too much about it. I know people personally who have applied to Y Combinator at least three or four times and didn't get in. And then all of a sudden they applied and got in. And it was for sometimes the same idea that they were applying before. Sometimes it's for a completely new business. And so it doesn't really, the the way that their application process works, they're very transparent about who they want in and who they don't want in, but it's still a very difficult process to navigate. And because so many people apply to those programs, sometimes it's it's almost impossible to get in your first time. I know very few people who were able to get into Y Combinator first time go when they applied. Because they the, either their application wasn't very good, either they didn't meet one of the small pieces or criteria that could have pushed them over the edge, but some other startup did meet that criteria. And so there's a lot of factors that go into whether or not you can get into those programs, but that's just the top tier programs. There are accelerator and incubator programs all over the country. So if I was you, Simon, what I would say is, yeah, there's a certain criteria that you need to meet as a startup in order to get into Y Combinator. I'd say... A lot of that criteria you can find online. They're really public about that. If you go to Y Combinator's blog, they're really open about what they're looking for, what the application should have, the kind of things that they weigh in their application process. It's really easy to go find other startups who have gotten accepted into Y Combinator or who like left Y Combinator a year or two ago and be able to have conversations with those people. I would recommend going and doing that. But just because you apply once and get to Denied, don't think that's the end. Like you should keep applying and keep trying. I don't think they have a requirement that you have to have a fully built-out like version one of your product. I think at the very least you might want to have an MVP, but I'm pretty sure they don't have a requirement in there. Like you have to have a certain number of customers, you have to have a certain number of users, you have to have done X, Y, and Z. I think it's just a mixture of those things. Just like when you're applying to college, it's not like, oh, everyone has to have a 3.9 GPA. Everyone has to have done X, Y, and Z. Most of the time, it's a combination of those things. Um, You'll see colleges do this all the time where, yeah, well, we have a baseline of a 2.5 GPA. You have to have at least that, but we really prefer people with the 3.8, 3.9, but... Uh, if you have a 3.2, but you did a ton of really awesome extracurricular stuff, or you have all these other factors, then maybe we'll let you in. And Y Combinator and other top accelerators are exactly the same way. They're not necessarily saying that you have to have these boxes checked in order to get in, but they do need like to have a well-rounded view of your startup. And that well-roundedness plays into whether or not you get accepted in a really, really big way. For a startup that's just launched their MVP and is barely getting out there and trying to get customers, what I would recommend is that you obviously apply to the top tier accelerator programs. If you get in, awesome. Like you're setting yourself up for success. What's the worst thing that could happen if you apply and don't get accepted? Nothing. Like nothing is going to happen. Let's say that you're early on, you just launched your product, you apply to Y Combinator and they say no. No big deal. Like, okay, you didn't expect that you were gonna be able to get in anyway. If you get accepted, great. Like it's gonna change your entire business. It's gonna give you access to a bunch of resources that you wouldn't have had before. When you're thinking about being too early, let's say you get accepted and you get into the program. Y Combinator is about a lot more than just your start the startup that you're building. It's about the uh, network that you're able to build, the investors you're able to meet, the other entrepreneurs you're able to learn from, the mentors you're able to learn from and listen to during the program, the access to capital it gives you, all of those things are going to stay with you For years to come, whether or not this startup that you're working on exceeds or not. Y Combinator is big on looking at the founders as the building blocks of the entire company. And so they understand that there's a big chance during Y Combinator that you might pivot, you might change your entire business model. Uh, That's happened to a lot of startups before. If you go look at Airbnb's story, when they applied to Y Combinator what happened is they had two different ideas that they tried to pitch during the interview for Y Combinator. And they ended up going with the one that resonated the most, even though that wasn't the one that they were really primarily thinking about as they were thinking about going through the program. So it was a lot more about the founders, the founder relationship, the experience of the founders, how much hustle they thought they had. And so you're going to get a lot more out of the accelerator program than just Hey, we want you to be your startup to be successful. What they're trying to do at Y Combinator, the reason it's so special is because they're trying to build successful entrepreneurs at Y Combinator and they do an amazing job at, at it. Now, let's say you apply to the top tier accelerators and don't get in. There are hundreds of accelerator programs around the country. And a lot of these accelerator programs, even if they might not be those top tier accelerator programs, have a lot of resources that are completely free. One that I see really like, mostly used for a lot of these accelerator programs is free space for a few months, a year, Uh, sometimes longer than that. It depends on which one it is like that is incredibly valuable for a startup to have a place to go work without having to spend 500 a month, a thousand dollars a month, $2,000 a month. That's money that you can use for marketing, for sales, building your product, a bunch of stuff that you don't have to worry about because you have a free space. A lot of them come with free resources, free mentorship, access to investors, I don't think it's ever too early to apply to an accelerator program because the good accelerator programs, whether they're top tier or not, are going to be focusing on helping you as an entrepreneur and as a founder. And yeah, they're going to help your startup too. But really what they're they're doing is trying to grow you as a person, trying to grow you as a founder, you as an entrepreneur. And so I think it's okay to join those accelerator programs because you're not going to lose anything by joining these programs. You might lose a few hours a week listening to mentors and stuff, but is that really a loss? You probably spend a few hours a week reading articles on TechCrunch or trying to learn different things on Quora or looking at Reddit or trying to reach out to mentors or reach out to investors. If you apply to an accelerator incubator program, even if it's not not a top tier one, you're going to get a lot of that stuff built into the accelerator program. Now, obviously, I recommend you do your research. Make sure that the ones that you're applying to are really good I would really recommend if you don't get into the top tier ones, trying to find accelerator or incubator programs that deal with your specific industry. So there's a lot of ones that are fashion. Uh, Like the fashion industry has their own accelerator incubator programs. Healthcare is a really popular one right now. There's, there's certain uh, healthcare accelerators that they only work with healthcare startups. So they, their network, their investors all like working with healthcare startups. I know ones that are about music or the entertainment industry. So I would say the order of preference would be try to get into a top tier one, then try to get into one that's focused and then try to get into just anyone because you're not going to lose anything. I don't ever think it's too early to try to get into these programs. At the end of the day, you're going to get something without having to give anything. The one thing I would caveat that with is try not to join ones where it's a requirement to give up equity unless they're giving you something back. Okay. So... The top tier ones, that's okay. I know Y Combinator has a certain stuff that they do with the the startup. I know 500 Startups does too. Uh, I'm pretty sure they do. But some of the lower tier ones, lower tier is a strong word. Some of the not higher tier ones might have things like that where they're taking something for nothing except a free space for a few months. Don't take those deals. There's plenty of accelerator and incubator programs that will accept you without taking a dime from you. And how they fund it and all that stuff, who cares? That's not your problem. Just know that you, as a founder, the only time you should give anything up is when you get so much value. It's worth it, not based on where your company is at today, but where you think your company will be at one, two, you know, one year, two years, five years down the road. So uh, make sure you're careful about what you're giving up when you're talking about joining these accelerator programs. But it's very few times I've seen a case where a startup thinks that they shouldn't have done. Like they shouldn't have applied or shouldn't have tried to get into an accelerator incubator program, no matter what stage of the process that their startup is in. Thanks for listening to this episode of launch chat. If you enjoy the podcast, we'd really appreciate it. If you gave us a rating or review on iTunes, every time you give us a rating or review, it helps us spread the word about the podcast and the more founders that can listen to the show, the more founders we can help with the answers that we give on the podcast. And also it means the more questions that we'll be able to answer. And I'm sure you have the same question that a lot of entrepreneurs have. And the more questions that we can feature on the show, the better the show will be. So if you've already given us a rating or review, we really appreciate it. And if you haven't yet, Please go ahead and rate us or review us on iTunes. And if you have your own questions about building your startup, whatever they are, head over to launchchat.io and record your question or send us an email at hello at launchpeer.com and make sure you mention the podcast in the subject line of the email.